On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, Jess talked about new Reddit ad pixels and what they do. Greg covered LinkedIn's new live streaming service. And Jess talked about Danishes and watching people buy things online. And we talked at length about QVC. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on February 15th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. As always, follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's article. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, first up this week in digital marketing news, LinkedIn debuts LinkedIn Live, a new live video broadcast service. So Jess, LinkedIn is partying like it's uh, 2017 here Ouch. with live <laughs> video and Currently, LinkedIn Live will be invite only, and they will be putting forth a contact form for those folks that really are itching at the ability to hop onto LinkedIn Live. And with the new product, they have also selected several developers of live streaming services currently that can help to have a more polished LinkedIn Live video, which makes sense here, you know, if these are going to be more businessy focused videos. And some of those providers include Wirecast, Stitcher Studio, Wowza Media Systems, Social Live, Brand Live. And for encoding, they're going to be using Azure, which is obviously owned by Microsoft, which owns LinkedIn. One thing that was not on there, Skype, which oh. is also a Microsoft product. So that's, Skype. yeah, that, that's strange because it's actually you know, there's some pretty, pretty nice things about Skype. We use Skype for many of our interviews and it's, it's not bad on the live side. So it's not just, great, though. That's not great. I mean, Nothing what is. really is, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, just do you use social media platforms to watch any live stuff? This may come as a surprise to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a surprise. Do you? Every now and then, I'll be following a basketball player, and they'll be like at a club or something, and I'll be like, oh, this might be exciting. Yeah. Or something. It just You see somebody go, like Joel Embiid's going live, and you're like, what is he going to say? He's going to say something crazy. And then it's always just like disappointing, and you just log right off. Yeah. I mean, I guess there have been times when I've been scrolling through Instagram, and it's like, oh, XYZ cat. That's not a real cat. But like whatever cat just started live video, and so I'll click cats? that. Yeah, cats. Oh, so like you're you're checking out Little Bob Live. Yeah. Like I said, well, it wasn't Bob. Little, Little Bob. Bob. Little Bob. Little Excuse Bob. me. L-I-L. But yeah, sometimes I'll like look at a cat for a few minutes. It's just like sitting there. But no, I mean for re like real things, no, I don't use this at all. Okay. And I guess I could see LinkedIn Live making sense if you are some like hotshot sales person that's, you know, got some proven path that they're trying to schlep to you on LinkedIn. Sure. Like that, that makes sense, you know, but to me, I'm just, I'm not a live, a live kind of a guy. No. I mean, I think it, it's probably good for like webinars and things like that. And LinkedIn talked about that in their announcement too. They're like, yeah, it's great for all of these things, webinars and Q and A sessions. And then they included 
graduations, which <laughs> made me oh, laugh. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like, who the age that isn't already physically at the ceremony is going to like pull it up on their computer on LinkedIn and watch a graduation ceremony. Like, not my grandma. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, recruiter is creepy. Oh, actually, wow. that's, you know what? No, you you're found like, a oh, yeah. use for it. <laughs> They're on the apps coming up here. Let's see what happens. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see just how many of the adult business memes are going to be performed live like you know here's the proper way to sell a pen and all this i, I keep seeing that one i can't use linkedin because of all the, the adult business memes well this will make it better for you you can see them live <laughs> yeah, want it's to. just what i want can't wait oh speaking of things that are just what we want that we can't wait for more from reddit uh we've been talking a lot about them lately we actually just did a deep dive on their most recent changes earlier this week yep and it's the podcast previous to this one yep. where we talk about all the new ad targeting options yes you should listen to it if you hadn't if you're into reddit ads and uh they have announced even more this week on top of everything that we talked about previously they're on a crusade for more their words not mine performance driven ad offerings which is good because who doesn't who doesn't want performance out of their ad campaigns? I mean, yeah. It's it's come on guys. So the latest update from them is vastly improved conversion pixel with an exp with expanded capabilities for tracking and measurement. So the old version, if you weren't using Reddit ads before, uh, then you know now was the time because the old version tracked click through and view through conversions together as one. There was no way to separate that. And they didn't offer, um, it was just one conversion. They didn't offer any kind of segmentation of that. And they didn't have any kind of attribution windows before. But now you can track eight different conversion events like page visits, viewing content, adding to cart, wish list, purchase, sign up. There's a whole bunch. And um, they now, thankfully, break out view-through and click-through conversions separately. They also provide one 7- and 28-day attribution windows, which is great. And they have a fancy new conversion tab where you can see this uh, conversion data broken out. So this is groundbreaking for Reddit. But for those of us that have been you know, doing any kind of digital marketing in the last couple of years, this, this isn't like hot stuff. Really. Yeah, it's table stakes, as they say. I don't even know what that means. I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, and one of my favorite favorite things was there was some commentary in the Reddit ad subreddit and uh, some one user had posted some feedback that, that Reddit had given them and the feedback from Reddit. And this was, again, if you listen to the previous episode, talk about some of those performance issues that we were talking about and some of the high CPCs and CPMs and Reddit had said, well, all the points are valid in the, in the feedback. The extremely performance sensitive advertiser is not a customer we're able to support very well today unless they are large enough to be managed. And I like the retort of this person. They said, I cannot for the life of me understand what is meant with extremely performance sensitive advertisers. How many advertisers are there who are not performance sensitive? Ad performance is advertising. So to your point earlier. Well put. Yeah, I like that. Wow. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad people are getting snappy. But I mean, all kidding aside, now that they have made these changes and there's minimum CPC bids that are, you know, what, what we all feel like are pretty high, at least they're giving us tools to see how things are performing in a way that we can actually then make decisions as to whether or not things are working. So hopefully this will be a good thing. Yep. And for more information on that, check out the previous podcast or click along in the show notes today. All right. And next up, Google is testing ads in assistant results. And in what looks like a test, there were ads showing up in the results from an assistant. And this was spotted by Gennaro Quafano. And he had done a search, a voice search, 
talk to four week MBA. And the only result that he got back was an ad. And when I looked at this, I thought it looked like a complete heck show Mm -hmm. and that this was like a total glitch because it was just an executive MBA ad that was the only thing that showed up. It did not seem like it was intentional. And there was an update that 9to5Google had received. And the company, which was Google, didn't say anything specifically that it wasn't an error. And what Google said instead is, we're always testing new ways to improve the experience on phones, but we don't have anything specific to announce right now. Many times, if there was something that was just a bug, it's like announced as a bug. Mm -hmm. So 9to5 Google was speculating that this is a test. Um, Again, there is no concrete evidence on this, but guess who isn't going to be using Google Assistant anymore if you get results like that? You? Absolutely. Absolutely (laughs) not. I don't want to use Assistant to get ads, um, especially if that's the only option. And to me, that's the, the huge problem here is I am very happy to use a product that is extremely helpful with the ability to click on ads, but I don't want just ads. And I feel like that's where we're getting today with, with many things. I know many search marketers in general on the organic side don't like the fact that you have to do quite a bit of scrolling to find organic mm-hmm. results. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I like Assistant, but I like it because it should be providing me real results. Sprinkle an ad in there. How about don't just make it one ad for me? Yeah. And this is coming from a guy who runs ads, right? So this is a, a real opinion. Well, it, though, in reality, though, if there are just ads showing up for Assistant, nobody's going to use Assistant, right? right? Like, yeah. So as an advertiser, I would like for quality ads for things people use, not just forcing <laughs> ads for an MBA that doesn't give me any real results or doesn't give me any real answers. So I think that's the problem is that person that did that search wasn't looking for just an ad. It was looking for an answer and only got the ad. That's that's my issue with it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Maybe we should ask Google Assistant for more information on this. Okay. Let me ask quick here. (laughs) Oh, the answer is here. Buy an electronic jewel e-cigarette pen. In case you're not following along, that's just a joke. I, I'm looking at the at a highlighter here, but you know <laughs> that that's 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 what we don't want to see is, right. is is get something completely uh, promotional as a result. Amen. All right, and that brings us to this week's lightning round. <laughs> First up in the lightning round, Apple is reportedly demanding a staggering fifty percent of revenue with their Netflix for News subscription, and that comes from The Verge. First off, I (laughs) like the fact that it is Netflix for News. I feel like nowadays everything is the Uber for, you know, and the (laughs) Uber for has replaced the Netflix for. Mm. So I like the fact it's like a little little old schooly where it's the Netflix for. But the Wall Street Journal had initially reported that Apple News will take 50% of overall subscription sales to their Netflix for news product or their just new subscription product. I believe it was rumored to be about $10 a month for somebody to subscribe to this unlimited kind of news option. But Apple's taking half and the other half is going to be divvied up to the actual publishers. People aren't happy about that. Yeah. It's not a lot. <laughs> so um, we'll have to see how that goes. But, you know, Apple is looking to increase their revenue in general. This, if you get anybody to sign up for it, I mean, 
hey, you're making half. Yeah, but who's going to sign up for it? Do people still pay for news these days with the internet? Is that a thing? Yeah, some people do. Wild. There's very supportive people out there, that's, unlike you and I. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if people are paying for news, I mean, this technically is news, so where's our money? Yeah. You know what? I want $10. All right. Apple can have none well, of it. I'll take half. <laughs> Perfect. All I'll right. take the other half. 50-50 split. All right. Next up. Best practices for campaigns with multiple language targeting. This one's a little bit confusing, so stick with us here. Um, old news, background on this. In October, Bing launched what they call multiple language targeting so that you could target users who speak and search in more than one language. Not old news is this week they came out with a helpful article that actually dives into how their language targeting works and best practices if you're trying to target more than one language. It's... You probably should read, if you're advertising on Bing, you should read the whole thing, especially if you are trying to advertise in English in other countries. And the issue with it is just because you target something like English, it doesn't mean you're going to show up with exactly. this. Exactly. So, for example, if you are trying to target English speakers in Denmark, this is the example they used in the article, uh, English as itself is only mapped to certain countries in Bing and Denmark is not one of them. So even if that is your geo location that you're targeting and your language that you're targeting, because they don't match up, your ads are not going to show in Denmark. You have to also add Danish as a language in your targeting settings. And that's why you need this quote, multiple language targeting, not because you're doing anything in Danish, you're still doing everything in English, but you have to target the Danish speakers in Denmark with so, English. So basically you need to target the language that you are trying to advertise to. Mm -hmm. And you need to do the native language as well, even though you're never going to show up for the native language. Correct. And so that's a really nice aspect of the, uh, th these best practices that mm -hmm. Microsoft had put forward or Bing had put forward. Yes. And it made me hungry with the Danish. And also, <laughs> shouldn't it be like Danish if it's Denmark? Why Why is yeah. that Danish? Or Danmark. Just change the name of the country. Danmark. Yeah. I like that. I kind of like that. Smart thinking there, bud. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next up, Google enables join waitlist for restaurants. And there is new functionality out there. Sergey Alkanov spotted it and is conjunct... Tying in, Google is tying in with DineTime. And DineTime is something that allows you to hop onto a wait list. It has a button that is enabled reserve a table. Or sorry, it's the same button as reserve a table, but this is join the wait list, apparently. I just am not a big wait list kind of guy. No. So I look at this and I'm like, oh, I don't know. this seems awful. Yeah, well, if you can't get in. <laughs> but we're not like in some hip, cool place. We're in like Western New York here. Well, you don't have to be in a hip, cool place for this to matter to you, apparently, because the example they used in the article was Red Lobster. Ooh, So I'd wait for that. I mean, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits, right? Is that what they're called? They're I've never so been good. to Red Lobster. Never? No. You, you should go. You could get on the wait list. Oh, there, there it is. I mean, you could probably just walk right in and get a table, but makes it look good. You got to try the biscuits, Greg. All right, next up. Google is auto-opting businesses into Google Assistant calls over duplex. So this comes from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable. And I, before we get into the news, I just want to commend him on his choice of stock photo for the <laughs> featured image here. It's a guy yelling at a phone and he's got like a zip up, like a three quarter zip up shirt on underneath a beige sport coat. And he just looks super hip and amazing. Right, let's forget about the article itself here and just go <laughs> deep out of this image. Because I don't even think it's a phone that he's yelling into. It looks like one of those suction handles for like elderly people in showers. Oh and like it's got like a 
black rubber <laughs> nozzles to this phone. So oh, you definitely no. have to check out this image. But um, yeah, yeah, so what's the article about again? Oh, I forgot already because okay. I'm, I'm staring at this guy. No, really, um, if, <laughs> if you're using Google My Business, you're, uh, you can get these assistant calls automatically. You have to opt out rather than opt in. So if you don't want to get these Google Assistant calls, you can just go in and uncheck the box. The news here, I mean, we all knew that this was a thing, but the news is that everybody has just suddenly been opted in here. So it took me less than a second to turn this off because I didn't want it. And the option's not even buried. It's right there. So if you don't want it, just go in and, and uncheck the box. Um, and uh, yeah, so back to, let's just keep talking about how funny Barry is. <laughs> he ended the article with, does this upset you? It doesn't really bother me too much. I'm looking forward to talking to machines over humans anyway. So he gets a trophy for <laughs> making you know, me laugh. <laughs> and if you know Barry, that's really true. His humor is like a, a dry wine, <laughs> like a, uh, an oaky cab. Or no, Ooh. not cab. Oaky Chardonnay. I don't know how Either wine way, works. Either way, sounds great. And also, it's weird when you call something dry. That's just always been strange to me. You know, yeah. it's I, like a, as wet as can be. It's liquid. Yeah, but there's like a. a I, I know. Quick I just, finish. Is it's just a weird name it. of it. Yeah. You know, it should be. It should be something else, in my opinion. A less wet liquid. <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> Perfect. That's how I'm going to describe all my wines from here on out. Next up this week, Facebook facing lawmaker questions says it may remove anti-vaccine recommendations, and this comes from Bloomberg. And in an effort to stop harmful, misleading, and fake content, it is exploring removing anti-vaccine information from their recommendation software. It is something that's important as we see more measles outbreaks and all that. Uh, I'm one person that typically loves conspiracy theories and all that stuff. But in this case, like it could be harmful yeah. and you don't recommend it. It doesn't mean don't get rid of it, but don't recommend things that might be against like common medical knowledge and science. Yeah. There's a difference between differing opinions and misinformation, right? And this is trying to correct for that. And that's the thing. It's a recommendation system. And that's where it gets problematic. Like you're recommending this anti-vaccine stuff. That's a problem. Yeah. That's problem. so, so if you're looking for some, you know, hot anti-vax info, you're not going to find it coming soon on Facebook. <laughs> Go somewhere else. I don't know where. Bing it. No, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know what Bing's doing. But I know what Google's doing. They are bringing click share to search campaign competitive metrics. So if you've heard of impression share, it's the same thing but for clicks. And according to Google, this is an indication of how many clicks your ads received out of the total number of times Google estimates your ads could have been clicked. It's not based on impressions. That's important to note. It's different from click-through rate. But I don't know how they're calculating that could have been clicked. It's indicated as a percentage. And um, so again, it's not based solely on impressions. So Google says that the way to use this metric is to look for click growth opportunities, like where you can add extensions or um, change your bids or budgets. It's not for comparing copies to one another. They say still use CTR as a metric to gauge for that. So it's rolling out now and will be available in all search campaigns within a few weeks. Cool. And next up from Unbounce, almost 60% of marketers haven't implemented AMP. See why, parentheses, and why it's no excuse, and <laughs> parentheses. And what Unbounce did is they had pulled a bunch of folks on why or, why or why not, I guess, they didn't implement AMP yet. And the majority of it seemed like it was a development side of things. So they didn't have the capacity or the knowledge, and that chalked up really 44% of it. Um, there were a bunch that were not experienced that made it to 12% of that. And then there was also just no capacity because people are doing other things. And that was 32% of that 44. Um, 
There also was a small amount, 12%, that was the fact, or sorry, 11% about the suspicion or cynicism involving the AMP project. What wasn't on there in this flawed thing is like, hey, maybe it's not working for you, and maybe that's not why we're running AMP. We've seen a ton of that, that you were just not able to replicate a good enough landing page on AMP like once a month, I feel like we're reporting on this, Mm -hmm. but this wasn't in that survey. So (laughs) all those people are out. It's a flawed survey, but you can check it out if you feel like it on why people aren't using AMP over on Unbounce. Yeah. I want to know the number of people that attempted and were like canned it because they were done. Next up. Gone are the days of having to download the Google My Business app in order to respond to reviews on Google Maps. Google announced earlier this week that you can now reply to reviews directly on the Maps um, site from your desktop computer. So in a world that's shifting towards mobile, this probably seems backwards. But in reality, if you think of all the business owners that are sitting at a computer all day, maybe at a desk, their lives just got easier because they can just do whatever they're doing and pop over there. They don't have to whip out their phone. You could still do it on the mobile app. You just don't have to anymore, which I think is nice. All right, next up from Search Engine Land. Updated Google My Business guidelines disallow virtual offices as service area businesses. So spotted in the wild by Joy Hawkins, Google has updated their guidelines to say that you can no longer use virtual addresses and virtual businesses in your My Business listings. And the problem was, and we had clients that ran into this uh, as well, Mm -hmm. where you could rent an office or have like a Regis office or something like that that wasn't actually... Man, like you didn't actually have a person there and you could get that listed and make it look like you're bigger and better than you were. So the guidelines now say that they must be staffed during business hours and it can't be this like complete virtual thing. It's got to actually be staffed during business hours that you say so. Makes sense. No complaints. Next up, Amazon Live is the retailer's latest effort to take on QVC with live stream video. Wait, we can go live on Amazon too? Yeah, we can. Hey, look, I'm buying something, guys. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to hit the click button. I'm going to hit the buy button. It's, oh. not, it's not quite like that. Oh, I did today. Oh, look at <laughs> oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so what is Amazon Live? Um, well, if you want what you just said, there are, there are YouTube channels devoted to buying things on Amazon and reviewing them. But what this is, is more <laughs> you're shaking your head at me. Do you know about Dope or Nope? No, but oh. what a time it is that we're alive <laughs> where we're just watching people buy things. Yeah. Unboxing I mean, things. We're not even doing things anymore. We're just sitting. Yeah, but you check out Dope or Nope. Everyone should check out Dope or Nope. We're not affiliated with them, but my husband watches it and they're really funny and they just review products. So there's that. Let's talk about Amazon Live, though, because okay. it's completely different. Um, Christine in our office is our resident QVC aficionado and frequent shopper, and I would love to hear her thoughts on this. I have her thoughts. You do? Did yes. you talk to her? I did. My, I did my research this week. Good. I've, well, I've, do you want to? No, we'll, we'll, we'll finish at the end. First. Yeah. So she's a big QVC person. She loves it. Amazon's kind of trying to do. <laughs> That's an understatement to say she's a big QVC person. She lives her life for QVC. That's true. And it's like one of the only people in the millennials that still are using QVC. Yeah. She keeps so, it afloat. But there are plenty of people of our generation that are probably going to use this Amazon service more, I think, than QVC. A, because you don't need a television to do it. But B, because they are not just doing... it's. So if you know what QVC is, right? It's like home shopping. So Amazon Live is similar to that. They're going to present a product. They're going to talk about it. They're just going to use it in front of you and tell you all the great benefits and just yammer on about it forever. But the nice thing about the Amazon version of this is that you can, they're streaming multiple things at the same time. So if you're not into like the shower cap that they're touting today, (laughs) you can scroll, (laughs) scroll through 
and find something else that interests you. So it's like if you had multiple QVC channels and you could just click through. So the cooler thing about this, at least from a marketing perspective, is that it's not just Amazon that's making the content, though they are doing that. Brands themselves can also stream live. So you can get the Amazon Live Creator app and set up your own live stream. So like we could do it for Marketing O'Clock and you could model shirts and I like talk that. about free shipping. I've got a million dollar idea. I'm, I, this should really go in the after show where on, for our podcast, we shoot the heck. But I've got an idea and you can poke holes in this. Okay. You make your Amazon live account and you go through products, but you purposefully, you, you hire like Steve-O or somebody like that and you just have huge fails. Because those it. are the best. I love it. The QVC fails. Yes. Now you have Amazon live fails. <laughs> People falling <laughs> off like, ladders. Yeah, lighting yourself on fire and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to poke any holes in that. Have you ever I seen like the one that. where there's a guy and he's explaining how beautiful the picture of the horse was, but it was a butterfly? No. It is amazing. No, is we amazing. gotta find that. Okay, we'll Maybe find we that. can find it and put it in the show notes. For okay, everyone. so Amazon Live coming coming to an Amazon near you. Yes. Um all right. So from internally, our QVC expert here at the at the shop, Christine, she is I asked her what she thought of Amazon Live and if it means the death of QVC. First off, she was very confident that it wasn't. She said <laughs> It, if it works out for them, I don't think they'd be stealing QVC customers. And her rationale is that people are just so into the brand. The, the QVC, QVC brand? brand? <laughs> yes, I didn't know these things. We're learning every day here. Yeah. Um, and she said, people love the hosts, hosts of QVC. So Amazon Live, make sure you get good hosts. Her favorite host, Kirsten Lindquist. And Kirsten Lindquist sold her an elliptical. <laughs> That's how much she likes Kirsten. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Do you think Amazon is going to try and steal the, these, like, coveted talent I don't know. people? Talent people. <laughs> these, <laughs> these people from QVC to try to get people to d- then have that brand loyalty for Amazon. So are you loyal to the host or are you loyal to the QVC brand? That's a great question. Just mm-hmm. asking the hard questions here today. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, maybe we'll find out. Amazon, go go grab Kirsten and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know who Christine watches here at the office. <laughs> All right, next up, parallel tracking for display and video campaigns is going to be available May 1st, 2019. This is on Google Ads and parallel tracking. It allows you to head immediately over to that URL that you're going to, and it does all the tracking in the background for a more seamless experience. It is now coming May 1st, 2019 for display and video. Beautiful. And if you are lost in translation, you can try interpreter mode with Google Assistant. Interpreter mode translates conversations in real time. This is pretty cool. Google says that it can help businesses better serve their guests through an improved customer experience. The technology can be a helping hand whenever language barriers exist. They cited hotels, airports, restaurants, customer service, kiosks, things like that. And they tested this at a few front desks in hotels. And it seems to be really cool. It seems to be working well. People are able to have fluid conversations um, with customer service reps in person. So there's really a lot of business applications for this. But if you just want to try it at home for funsies, you can say things to Google like, hey, Google, be my Thai interpreter and test it out. So. Yes, I'm looking, I'm looking to speak Danish. Danish. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. All right, next up, Google Face and Facebook may be forced to pay creators under new EU rules. And this is from Bloomberg. And we talked about this last week with some of those, what were they called, naked or ghost yeah. serps, something where everything is stripped back because there is some legislation in the EU that may not allow you to have copyrighted or trademarked um, material out there. And so this is just a, in a deeper look, I guess, at that, where it's talking about those tech firms that are going to be required to negotiate any license for any song and that no 
um, uploads will be able to be put forth unless you work out those licenses ahead of time. Um, one thing I liked from this is that uh, it was a quote in the article that says, this law will fundamentally change the internet as we know it, said Julia Rita, a member of the European Parliament from Germany's Pirate Party. <laughs> I didn't know there was a pirate party. I don't mean to laugh. Do you think that means something other than what we think it is? Like, our I, I don't know, but I, you know, if I had to choose a party, right, I'm an independent kind of fella. If I had to choose a party, I might be all in on the pirate party. Yeah, except for the fact that they're destroying the internet. <laughs> or or well, not. Well, they're not. The pirate no. party's not. They're saying it's changing the way. Oh, yeah. I guess she's. that's yeah. a pretty neutral statement. Yeah. She's, she, she, Sorry, she, Julia. The, the, don't, how, how dare you besmirch the pirate name? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, again, it, it's going to be really tricky. And what might you, what people might just have to do is, be, here's what it looks like without any of this stuff. All right, nobody in the EU is going to have any fun anymore, and then they're going to flip it back. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. Just do whatever they say, and then, look, you can't ever have videos or images or anything anywhere, and then they're going to be like, oh, this this was a terrible idea, and then flip it back. I mean, I hope so. Google tried that last week, and the EU didn't listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so next up, a poll from AREFs came out and talked about reciprocal links, and Almost half of the study, 43.7%, had some sort of reciprocal links going on with their site. This is like deep down SEO stuff, but everybody's like, I can't have reciprocal links. Well, you know what? There's 43.7% of those top ranking sites that do. And last off, this week in the lightning round, John Henshaw, former guest of the show, friend of the show, John Henshaw, at Henshaw on Twitter, has seen that in the top stories on Google, there are now favicons. Showing up. So if you want to get a little uh, cute image in there, use a favicon and you can show up in the top headlines. Adorable. All right. And that brings us to this week's WTH. W. T. H. This week's WTH comes from Systrix. And the name of the article is IRS.com, DMV.org, suffer huge visibility losses, suspected Google manual penalty. <laughs> And gave it away in the title of the article. <laughs> so uh, that should have had a spoiler alert there. But basically, there are some copycat domains where, you know, the real IRS site isn't IRS.com. Why would it be? Come on. It's IRS.gov. <laughs> and there's many different DMVs out there. I think uh, the California DMV at one point had sued DMV.org. But basically, these sites lost up to 80, 80 to 85% of their visibility in roughly at the same time. And then afterwards, Tony Spencer at Not Sleepy on Twitter had pointed out that Medicare.com, which also is a copycat site, mm. saw I think it was around 80 or 70-something percent visibility decrease. And so this is on the WTH because how is it taking this long? <laughs> like, <laughs> guess what? IRS.com, and I understand it's got helpful material and all that. Sure. But it's not the IRS. Right. And so, A, you shouldn't be mad at that. And B... It's 2019. This has finally happened. And you know what? IRS.com at one point was purchased for $12.9 million. From who? The IRS? No, not the IRS. <laughs> That's the problem here. No, no, I know. But it's like these things, you, you're you paying this much money for something trying to dupe people. No. And it's still working up until, you know, 2018. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, 2019, we gotcha. Not anymore. Good. You know what? I'm sorry. Good. Okay. That's, yeah, that's that, rude. And that Medicare.com. Um, appears that it was an 83% visibility hit. So for me, I welcome it. It's, you know, it would be nice if it happened a little earlier, but hey, who cares? Okay. So, all right, 
And now for this week's cool tool. Cool tool. This week's cool tool is a pretty genius and free item from Amit Argwal. It is how to monitor your website's uptime with Google Sheets. It's super easy. It, it's it's amazing, actually. I was like dumbfounded at how easy this was, but basically, it yeah. was really easy. It's super easy. The only problem is our sites weren't going down when I had, it, so I haven't oh. actually seen any downtime. <laughs> what a problem! Yeah, <laughs> what like, a oh, problem! First world problems. <laughs> yeah, just hundred percent uptime. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, if you're a, a site admin, you probably have fancy tools to track this on your own. But this is really good for folks like us marketers that just want to keep track of sites, especially if you're not in house, say you're at an agency and you have clients to keep track of. It's basically a script that triggers every few minutes and tries to fetch your website. If the response code is anything other than 200, it indicates that there's an issue with your website and, ready for this, emails you and lets you know, which is awesome. It keeps track of all of these changes. It also lets you know, obviously, when the site goes back up, keeps track of everything right in the Google Sheets so you have a record forever. It's great. You know, Obviously, you can investigate things if you see that um, the site goes down. You can pause ads if needed because of this information. You can annotate everything in GA. It's just a really nice place to or a nice solution for people that just want to keep track of a site yeah and we had a similar tool we talked about a few weeks back that needed an api key and a few other things mm-hmm. this is nice. i just love the fact that you can do so much now with yeah. these with these google documents and, and google drive yeah. you know items so i thought that, that again it was awesome that you could do it all within sheets yeah and there's like three fields that you need to enter information into and you're up and running so super easy to implement again head over to labnol.org that's l-a-b-n-o-l.org we'll have it in the show notes too for detailed instructions on how to set it up all right and that brings us to this week's must read marketing article of the week an article so in-depth so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show and this week's must read marketing article of the week is from Built Visible, who has turned on their content machine, as they've got like a, an amazing story coming out once a day now, it feels <laughs> like. And it's from Richard Baxter. And the story is called An SEO's Guide to Using Robots Exclusion Protocol. And for anybody that ever thinks they've had a problem or doesn't know too much about how to properly block pages, or block robots from pages, rather, um, this is a great guide to excluding those bots. There's some things that, you know, maybe even the standard SEO might not know, like, you know, looking in the HTTP header. Um, and then it breaks down kind of like five main things within the article about using meta robots, the X robots tag, crawl directives, how to test the robots.txt file, um, and also how to remove content with Search Console. So overall, this was a fantastic job, a great intro, and, you know, even a more in-depth look at the robots exclusion protocol so thank you richard and that does it for today's show it is now officially not marketing o'clock remember you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com and please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and we will see you next week thanks for listening to marketing o'clock if today's show was of value to you please subscribe leave a review or share with a colleague If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week's Shooting the Heck, we're going to do the favorite segment, Poke Holes in This, where I come up with an idea and it's Jess's job to poke holes in this or say that it's an A-OK idea. (laughs) <laughs> they usually are. So give me, <laughs> okay. give me some brain busters. First up, biotech. 
I'm going to go into some biotech thoughts. There's a lot of different <laughs> tracking tools that you have, like heartbeats and all these really nice advancements. I want a biotech tool that tells me when I'm going to need to pee <laughs> so that I can be like, oh, I'm not going to drink this before this meeting. Oh. Or, hey, you should go to the bathroom right now before this drive. I want biotech to help me know when to use the restroom. I mean, your body tells you when you need to. You want an advanced, <laughs> you want it, I, at least I hope. No, no, but biotech. I want that with biotech. But you want it like before you actually have to pee? You want like a, like, hey, 10 minute warning on your bladder? Yeah, I want it to advise me. I'm like, hey, maybe you don't have a sip of that soda right now. I mean, you can't just make that call yourself. <laughs> like, I haven't peed in four hours. I better not drink this. I, 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 want, I want big data to help me out. So, oh, so what you need is like something that tracks you for your entire life and learns your patterns and your threshold, if you will, in <laughs> your bladder and then says, hey. And that just know, kills me in my sleep. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. Okay. I, right. I don't know. I feel like when we're spoiled with everything else that we need, then we can move on okay. to that. Okay. There's some holes <laughs> Okay. I, I doubt you're going to be able to do this. We go places frequently and many times you have to take a flight somewhere. There are really great things at airports like people movers that allow you to go faster in, in an orderly fashion. The biggest problem in an airport, parking and cars. Mm. Nobody knows how to drop off or pick up at an airport. So I have people movers for cars. So you're going to drop somebody off and all the cars go like and stop at a certain point for a certain time and then you better get off because that – people mover for cars. It's not a car mover. It's a people mover for cars. It's about to take <laughs> off. And then you're going to have to go around again in another loop if you don't get it off. I like that. It's kind of like when you go through like a car wash, you get exactly on that belt, like right? And then wash. at the end, it's all you. Like you got to yeah, get yeah. out of the car wash. Your wash is over. I feel like there's police all the time. Like, let's move it. Let's move it. Let's move it. Nobody ever moves it. So this is it. People mover for cars. Yeah. I like it. Except, I mean, if I have to poke a hole, then you're getting rid of that job for that guy that's sitting there directing traffic. But I kind of love that. We need oh, yeah. that for sure. Even in Buffalo where no one's ever at the airport. Okay, next up, my kids take vitamins and probiotics in gummy form. I've seen you eat like <laughs> meals and things like in like the kid the kid food of like these little squished things and it's like some kind of pouch, right? <laughs> yeah, like a pouch I food. I love those. Yeah, right? pouch food. And so here's my thought. We just take all these like kid learnings we have and adults are like kids now and we just make it all for adults. So it's like, hey, you need to go take your like, <laughs> I don't know, pain reliever. You, whatever your pain pills are, it's gummy form. Mm -hmm. And then every meal you eat just comes in a pouch. I like you, that. Here's my turkey and gravy pouch. Oh. And you just pouch it. And we just do, it's like kids for adults. So I'm with you on the gummies and on the pouches for some substances, like pudding. <laughs> no, no, no. But you can't put turkey in a pouch. You need pizza, like a pizza pouch. I don't know. I don't just, know. But it works for kids though. You, your kids would eat a pizza pouch? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> they eat out of pouches. But I'm saying adults. We're, like, we're kids now. What do you do? You puree, you make a pizza regular and then you puree it and like funnel it. I just feel like I'm a big texture person, so I would have an issue with that. And I love pouches. So this is this is big for me to say this, but I don't think I would do it. Okay. A turkey pouch? <laughs> yeah, a turkey and gravy. Turkey no. chunks. Gravy, yes. You can squish it out of the pouch. But yeah, no. Turkey chunks, but blend it a little Get out of here with turkey chunks. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> okay. All right, here's my last one. This is going to be controversial. I hope. I even named, I got a brand name and everything for this one, okay? <laughs> it's called 
Pups are people. What? <laughs> pups are people. Oh, and it's are people. Are people. I said or people. No, pups are people. Okay. And it's a, a subscription box <laughs> for humans and dogs. And it's on like the lifestyle side of things. I feel like we see dogs at airports. I go to Home Depot and I've got these carts and pipes and everything. And I'm always like scaring dogs and everything. Um, but dogs are people now. So <laughs> we have this subscription thing. And like once a month, it'll be like, Oh, here's a chair so your dog can eat at the table and have dinner with you. And here's your pup chair. <laughs> and then like the next month you get like, oh, here's a CBD treat for you or your dog. Whoever wants them, you can have these CBD treats because that's a thing too. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, we've got socks that match like little dog booties and things. And it's just like, yeah, we're all, you know, you, maybe you get like a little neck pillow for your dog that you can use too when they're on the plane sitting in a chair next to you so it's got pups for people and it's a lifestyle subscription box for you and your dogs because pups are people too this is something that they would absolutely sell in the um what's the sky mall right (laughs) that you read on a plane um i i I know your opinion on the subject, and <laughs> no, so I know you're great. being a little facetious. <laughs> my, my opinion is capitalistic. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think you're definitely capitalizing <laughs> off of people. I think <laughs> I think just the pups are people is a good movement, right? Like treat dogs with some respect. I don't know. I mean, are the CBD treats going to come in gummy form? Because <laughs> you're going to have to give them pizza and a pouch, too, at this point. <laughs> if they're going to eat like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, so... Any holes to be poked or no? I, <laughs> I think you just poked a hole in my brain. I don't even know what to do with that one. Perfect. I, I vote yes. I that a success. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye.